Hello and welcome to the Mobile Home Park Expert Podcast. I'm Jason Sroden, joined by I, the leader of the Mobile Home Park universe, in my opinion, Glenn Esterson. <laughs> Glenn, how are you? Uh, it's just another beautiful day out there. Just uh, really enjoying my uh, my life here in this mobile home universe that that we've been participating in so so wonderfully lately. <laughs> you know, it takes a special person to be in this world. Uh, that's for sure. I have learned that by meeting the people. People in this industry are tend to be really really gritty and get their hands dirty and just want to get to work and aren't afraid of it. And on that note, I'd like to introduce our guest today. We have with us Kim Schultz of the Affordable Casa Group, and she's also on the SECO Planning Committee. How are you, Kim? Doing great. Thank you for being on the show today. I'm excited to hear about your journey, and we don't talk, we haven't yet talked to a lot of uh, woman park owners, and I think that's interesting too. I'd like to get your opinion on a couple things regarding that. But I'd like to kind of start with just, can you tell us a little bit about the Affordable Casa Group and then uh, what your role in SECO is this year and of years past? Well, um, we strive for affordable housing for families that are, I would consider apartment complexes our biggest um, competitors. And we give people a great option to raise their families. Um, I started out buying Lonnie deals, like a lot of other people, I guess. And at one point, someone said, why are you messing with this? Why don't you own the entire park? So we started looking for parks and um, have two at this point, uh, manufactured home communities and one small RV park, and looking to expand from there. Um, on SECO, I started attending in 2015, and um, it has grown tremendously and as has my network because I've been a part of it. This is my first year on the planning committee and um, everything has gone virtual this year. So it's a totally different animal than years past. Yeah, that Absolutely. we'll definitely talk about that and how that's going to shift. I want to go back and, and talk about your parks for a second. Um, you know, first of all, how many sites do you have? How many, uh, I, am I confusing the words, Glenn? I'm, I'm still learning no, the vocabulary. Lots. Yeah. How many, lo how many lots are you sitting on? Well, uh, some people would laugh because they'll, they'll think I made a mistake and needed to add a couple of zeros at the end. But we're, we're very small. Our first park was 14 with a single family home at the front, which is a rental. Um, I went back to the city and I had it rezoned and they allowed me to expand. So now we're 26 sites at that. Nice. Um, our second, and it's, it's completely full. It's four minutes from DFW airport. Everyone wants to live there. Um, and it's, a, it's been an amazing journey to get there. So it's been a great test case. Congrats. And it, it, it increases in value every year. So our second park is 43 spaces also with a rental home. That was about 20% full when we purchased it and we've turned it around. So, how, um, how did you get into this? What, what led you guys, what, what businesses were you in before you went down this road? Well, my husband has always been in commercial construction. He still has a day job. Um, I was just looking for a way to own something with residual income that I wouldn't have to touch all the time. I wasn't interested in wholesaling single family homes. Um, I had friends that owned one single family rental 
And when it went vacant, they had a 100% vacancy rate. So I thought, I've got to get into something where if one family fails, I'm still okay. So uh, manufactured home communities are the perfect recipe to fix that problem. And you started off saying that you, you did a couple Lonnie deals. And yeah, I actually did 75 Lonnie deals. What's a, uh, whoa, what's a Lonnie deal? I've never heard so, of this. Um, so this was a guy out of um, Virginia. He passed away a few years ago, but he had a $20 book that I purchased. And it basically said, if you can use a financial calculator, you can find an old old mobile home and sell it to someone who can't afford to you know, pay the entire um, amount they won. And you make a little bit of money off of that. And if you do it in volume, it's a good income. So, and that and, was and, called and Jason, a, We've actually talked about lining deals before oh. uh, many episodes ago. And what do you, you know, the, the, the premise is hey, I don't have a lot of money in my pocket, but I want to get involved and start getting some cash flow and, and learn the business. So maybe you know a guy with a park that has some vacant spaces in it. Okay. And you say, hey, Mr. Park owner, I, you know, if I bought a used trailer and, and had it all fixed up here, can I put that, can I put that home on your lot, pay you a lot rent and then rent or sell it to the tenants that I bring and, you know, get approved by your, your credit check or whatever you might be doing for that tenant. And most of the time sellers, especially in, in, in locations that are having difficulty filling occupancy are often happy to comply. And, you know, you, People can get, you know, buy a home for a couple grand, throw a couple grand into it, get it looking nice, get a lot rent for two, three hundred dollars in most markets, and then rent that house out for another, you know, three to five hundred dollars, and uh, you know, keep that spread. And if you do what uh, um, what Kim was saying, she did, which she was she would sell them, you know, you can really turn that into mailbox money um, because you, it, nowadays you got to have a little bit more licensing and, and a few, you know, a few caveats to it, but the premise is still the same where it's a great entry point for guys that, you know, only have a few bucks to get started with. And, and as, as Kim just explained, she took that to 70 plus units. And at which point, I mean, it's like owning a park. Uh, and, and, and that's about the time that people usually start considering buying a park is when they get up into that, you know, uh, above 50 type of units on, on how many parks did you have them over all 70 of those? Uh, five or six, five or six, you and, know? And well, so what do you do? Well, what do you do when you, when like you're ready to be done with it? Do you still hold some of these? Yes. And you just allow them to pay off or you could sell the notes to another investor. Gotcha. Exactly. The goal is, you know, for and I don't know how Kim set her stuff, but most guys will, will do a Lonnie deal and put a tenant in there on, you know, say between three and seven years uh, that that tenant will be paying back the Lonnie dealer. Um, and, you know, the Lonnie dealer is on the hook for the, uh, for the lot rent uh, to the seller. Okay. But when that final transition happens where they paid off the home, uh, often the tenant then just takes over the lot rent directly to the, to the seller and to the owner. And the owner is very happy for this because it gives them a little bit extra layer of dealing with the park owned home side of the business and the, the infill side of the business. And when you have a capable Lonnie dealer, uh, they, they do a good screen, they bring a nice home and, and you usually end up with a nice tenant in your park. And for most park owners filling that vacant pad with a lot renter, is you know is the goal because that's where the real value is created. 
That's really cool. Agreed. Thank, thank you for break it, breaking that down for me. So let, let's get move into Seco. I know earlier you said that Seco was really responsible for a lot of your connections. And we've been hearing that week after week now of talking to people, how it impacted their career. So if you could kind of take us through your Seco experience and then Glenn, I know you'll have a lot of questions after that. So I'll, I'll stand sure. down while you do your Seco questioning. Well, um, the first year I went to, well, actually one of the, um, one of the guys that was involved in it from day one, I met him at another conference and he said, Hey, I've got this Seco thing. You should go. And I think he said that for two years before I actually took it seriously. And then I thought, wait, this is in Atlanta. I'm in Texas. Maybe I'll have a chance to learn some things without everyone from Texas knowing about it, you know, a secret and so I went, flew in Tuesday night, flew out Thursday night. It was the best 48 hours, you know, learned a ton. And um, we all sat in a room and listened to the same speakers. So um, the virtual aspect this year is totally different. I'm sure you'll speak to that later, but we've gone from now we've got three concurrent sessions working, 56 different um, educational sessions. And it's just a heck of a lot of bang for the buck. You learn so much. You network with so many people. It's amazing. Was there uh, a time when you were at Seco, kind of getting your feet under you, learning more about the business, that it kind of all came together through a conversation or just through a seminar that made you say, hey, wait, this changes things for me. And I, I, I have more clarity on, on this particular thing, and I'm going to charge forward for it with it. it was, was there any of those kind of aha moments for you at any of these events? Constantly at all, at all levels. I, you know, I was having a problem with um, deciding whether to expand our park. And that's a little scary. Even if you're talking about the low Very number scary. of lots that we have, yeah. Very it's scary, scary. Um, when you're going up against a city and you've never done that before. And they're telling you that your product is trash and you know how good it is for families and how, how great of an industry this is. So um, anything from that to, you know, tiny little things like learning about a certain app where I can virtually stage a home for sale, um, just there's a hundred thousand different ideas you get from there. And the, the best, yeah, and the best part is the networking. I mean, you, you, you meet the people, they're, they're real life people. They may have more or less money than you do, but they've hit the same obstacles you have at a different time. We're all facing the same challenges. Yeah, I mean, it's the connections that I made at Seco, and, and 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 as you probably know, it's you know I, I get around a lot. I go to a lot of these conferences, and and I speak at a good bit of them. And you know, I'm 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 pretty fond of of many of them, but Seco, for me at least, has always been like my favorite. I mean, my my hands down favorite. Like you, you're in you're in the thick of it at Seco. You're not sitting around having you know, ridiculous conversations about, you know, every, everything else in the industry, except how to be a better operator and how to be a better, you know, park <laughs> owner uh, as at some of these other ones where it's a lot of showing off and a lot of bragging and things like that. Not a lot of, you know, re not a lot of useful resources, you know, right at your fingertips and, and, you know, guys like Spencer, you know, you can just walk right up to him and pick his brain. And, and he's, you know, a solid in industry veteran who has got just a wealth of knowledge that he's happy to share with you. And then you have new guys 
uh, like the Archimedes group who we had on here recently that, you know, a couple of years ago, didn't, didn't hardly know anything about the industry. And now, now they're, they're, they're starting to become a juggernaut in this industry, you know, and making real waves in just a few years of, of, of going through these things and networking. And, and I just love seeing people come up through these events. Cause you know, I mean, I go every year obviously, and, and I get to catch back up with and see the progress with them and, and, you know, I make it a couple deals. I mean, I think at every sequel I've been to, I've made at least two deals happen, which is always nice. And mm-hmm. uh, I can't even imagine how many backroom deals are being made that I'm not even privy to at Seco. And that's, that's pretty exciting stuff. Um, and, and the vendors that we have, they're all very, very relevant vendors uh, that come there. I mean, there's, uh, there's a, a group, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say favorite, so I won't say the group's name, but, you know, they sell some water meters. And, you know, those guys have taught me more about water meters than I ever cared to know, but it's become so useful for that to help me help other new people that are looking at submetering their park to be able to refer more business to them. Um, and that's such a uniqueness of this, uh, of the SECO event. And now that it's kind of more national, it should be considerably more appealing to people around the country uh, instead of having to fly into to, to Atlanta and deal with the crowds and deal with the hotels and the thousand dollars a day and stuff like that just to travel. Um, and so, you know, I, I think this platform is going to provide a lot of, a lot of new energy into, into the SECO environment and maybe actually help SECO get to a more national environment in years coming, which I think, I don't know if that's the goal for, for David and Spencer, but I, I would think that's, you know, in the back of their minds is something that maybe really seems as a strong possibility for, for, for SECO in years moving forward. I think it's definitely the direction they're heading because SECO is so special. Why limit it to the Atlanta area? Mm-hmm. You know, relevant got, everywhere, right? Right. And there are, you know, there are people that for years have come from California and all over to go to this conference. And it's, it's a special conference. Like you were saying with the vendors, you learn so much from them, but it's not an upsell. You yeah. don't bring your checkbook and sign up for this or that. Um, yep. but it's truly, you know, one-on-one conversations to network and, get really, really good ideas that you can use the day after you get back home. Yeah. And, you know, there's from, from the opportunity side, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people there that are looking, looking to, to do a deal with you. I mean, they, besides me and my team, that's going to be there. Obviously there's other competing brokerage firms there that also have some pretty intelligent people working with them with some excellent deals. And, and you get to pick everybody's brain and you get to see really what is available all around and kind of cross compare you know, to, to your priorities and goals and see what's going to work for you. And then you have, you know, just hundreds and hundreds of park owners in there that, you know, there's a, there's, I learn a new story from almost everybody we talk to about, about this deal. And I've been in this business for 20 years, you know, and, and, and you'd think at some point you would hear it all and see it all. And yet some of the, 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 the missteps and some of the, 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 the big steps that people have had to take in this industry, you hear a story about like, wow, I wish, I wish I would have had somebody that told me this, this, this story, you know, 10 years ago, and I could have saved me three years of pain on this one part because I'm dealing with that issue that could have been prevented. And, and things like that, I, you know, you just don't get at most, you know, even online conversations in the Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups and, and some of these other seminars that people run and some of these, you know, workshops that people have, you, you don't really get that kind of thing out of it. These, these, you know, uh, from, uh, the stories of, you know, from, from 
being the new guy with, you know, $10,000 looking at buying their first, you know, home to eventually having a hundred parks, you know, under their belt and, and now giving free advice on what it took them to go from their first home to a to hundred parks and how they're going to help you replicate that system, you know, and, and it's not an upsell, which is, which is amazing. You don't have to sit there and just wonder who's trying to get your money out of you. Cause this is just great advice. And for the cost of admission, you know, it was a couple hundred bucks or whatever it was. It's like, I don't see how you can get, you can get around a better group of people for, for any cheaper than that. Well, agreed. Anywhere else you go, it's almost like they're spoon feeding you a little bit. Here, they're in a conversation. The entire problem can be solved in that yeah. one conversation. Yeah. It's versus eating off of a spoon versus drinking from a fire hydrant. It's yeah. kind of like the difference there. <laughs> you have to take notes. You got to take notes. And, 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 you know, a couple of my friends, they bring a tape recorder so they can just like remember all these conversations they have. And, you know, we keep a, a sign up list with people so that way we can at least follow up with them afterwards. And because, and boy, you might need 100 people at these things and, and every one of them might be a useful resource for you. Uh, it's, you know, it's not like you go to uh, some other conventions and you get 100 business cards and you're like, I'm not calling any of them. It's you, you get you know, a hundred business cards here. And you're like, I have to save these business cards. <laughs> you, know, <it's, laughs> you know, you try to keep notes on each card about what this guy does, what that guy does. And, and, and so when you run into that problem or situation, you can be like, Hey, Bob, remember me? We talked, we had a great conversation. You know, I'm, I'm running through this issue. Maybe you can give me some advice. And it, it, and it doesn't just stop when Seco's over the community. We have, at least in my experience, I can pick up the phone and call any of these guys at any time. And, and they're, they're happy to tell me their thoughts on something. And that's, that's real special. Well, and there's a, just, it's funny you mentioned that. There's an email thread going back and forth with a group of us today. There have probably been 30 emails so far about some of the issues that they're having all over the country regarding the eviction moratoriums oh, yeah, yeah. developed by the CDC. I mean, yeah. that's, it's great information because we feel like no one else does this. Mm-hmm. But once you go to SECO and meet a few people, you realize other people deal with this. On a uh, imagine what, what park owners who don't know anybody are dealing with with the with the new with the new eviction stuff. Yeah, I can mean, we talk about that, know, guys? It, it sound it can sound extremely scary right now. That, oh, I can't you know I can't evict anybody because of COVID. Well, that's not exactly true. You, there's still ways to be able to evict somebody if necessary, and you know having a, a group of people that you can rely on that to get you that information to teach you where to go to find that resource. So you can, you know, share it with your attorney when you have a problem child in your, in your park. That's, that's important. That's, that's money right there. But you also have people that haven't bought a park yet that are listening and it scares them to death that this will kill their property if they, if they own a park. And that's not, a lot of us are not finding that that's the case. You still have decent families that are doing everything they can to keep their home intact. And you've got at SECA, you've got anyone from newbies to veterans that are standing around in a room, you know, having these conversations. And and it really does help you understand where we are in our economy today and, you know, the cycles. And it helps give you more confidence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, It's, uh, you know, in, in New York. You know, some of our park owners are, are extremely frustrated in New York because they can't even knock on a door to collect the rent right now when the tenant's late. You know, like they, you're not even allowed to knock on the door to ask for the late rent. Um, and, you know, trying to understand the policies behind, you know, what they can and can't do, 
it's not like the, it's not like there's an easy information resource out there for people just to go to. I mean, you'd think the internet would have that by now, but you know, once you finally attach to a group like Seco and, and a lot of the, the the folks that go to this thing, you don't really need to go to 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 you know some random place on the internet. You can literally just pick up the phone and be like, I know I know Ryan and Ian. You know, they, they'd be happy to pick up the phone and, and shoot you straight and tell you what they thought. And mm-hmm. point you in the right direction of an attorney. I know I would be happy to. I know most of the people involved in this are, are genuinely able just to be a free resource for other people, new or veteran, into the industry. Well, and if we're busy working our business, we don't have time to learn everything firsthand. If we if we can leverage our time with some of the contacts we've made, that, that just makes us better in yep. running our business. Exactly. Speaking of collections and COVID stuff, how's your three parks going right now? At least your MH parks are, it, I, I, I'm curious to hear if your collections are, are more or less the same as they were 12 months ago, or if you're having some challenges. <laughs> the funny thing is February 1st, I, what we, we increased our lot rent. And so I really suspected some backlash from residents and then COVID hit. Um, we had a couple that were behind to begin with. They're still behind. Mm-hmm. Um, as a result of COVID, we had one family that all three of the adults in the household worked for restaurants. They're struggling a little bit, but they're still paying. Mm-hmm. So it it has not. And I've I've heard that from other community owners. Yeah, yeah. People that uh, take their commitment seriously and realize you've given them a good opportunity, they will they will be fair to you. Yeah, and that's you know, we talk about that a lot. It's like it. it if you've been treating your tenants well and you're willing to work with them through these harder times, chances are your collections aren't going to be too far off where they were a year ago. And you're going to really develop some loyalty with your tenants. And that's, it's such a big deal. I mean, I, you know, I owned my park during the great recession and, you know, boy, that was, you know, the hammer came down on that during that time. And, and we were in the middle of nowhere. And some of my tenants were just, you know, some of them were already kind of knuckleheads before before all that came down, and they continued to be knuckleheads during that process. But the guys that were historically good tenants and lost their jobs and you know all that kind of stuff, and we lived middle of nowhere, eastern Tennessee is where this park was, and you know the the reluctance of these tenants to not pay their rent, given the fact that they already probably have the cheapest rent in town, um, makes them really sticky. And if you treat them well you know, they're going to remain very loyal to you, you know? And so even after raising the rents, you know, in, in February and then having sort of an empathetic approach with them, once COVID came, it's going to, it's going to lead you to some pretty solid tenant bases when we pull through all this thing and definitely some, some earned loyalty from your end, you know? Agreed. Agreed. They just want to be valued and heard. Yep. But they want to know that, that they're not getting jerked around, that they're that they're being treated like a human fairly, and you know that they, that that we as the the, the so-called landlord, this this term I hate, but this this landlord, that we're not going to just throw them out because they're a few bucks behind or a few days behind, um, and that's that's really important for for all humans to know that at their basic level of the hierarchy of their needs, that, that shelter need, that they have some comfort and security there. Um, and because that's how we help change communities, not just our personal communities that, that we own, but the communities in which our communities reside. It really helps 
that bottom end. And, and, and we have to be very mindful of, of our position as park owners and community managers and the effect that it has on these tenants' life. Agreed. Yeah, it must be a very rough time for a lot of folks who are in those parks. And it's really cool to hear that, you know, you guys are, are, are looking at it with such an empathetic, empathetic touch and that the people are being super respectful. And, uh, that that's in a time where there's so much negativity, that is really, really awesome to hear. Um, with, with seek, I had a question regarding Seco this year. How, like, if somebody's at Seco and wants to see both of you, I just think it would be good to, you know, tell people how do they how do they network in this kind of virtual environment. Um. Well, at least if you if they attend the conference, um, we'll all be listed through apps, and I don't. I've I've seen the platform and it's really amazing. It allows your avatar to walk through rooms and lock the door to have a private conversation with someone. I mean, it's actually pretty cool. So people can find you. Do you know where you guys are going to be? And like, is there going to be like a search bar or am I asking like super high tech questions that you guys don't know yet? I do not know. I do know that for everyone that signs up ahead of time, they're going to get a tutorial on how to work the system to make sure they can use it to their full advantage during the conference. Yeah, from from what I understand, and I'm no aficionado on on, on this new platform. It it looks phenomenal. I, I'm 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 too shy to try and, and pronounce the name of the platform, but the developers of that platform seem to have done a real good job putting this thing together. And the way Seco has has explained it to us is you're going to be able to have a full roster of everybody that's there. Yes. And you're going to be able to see the full calendar of when certain people are at certain places. And you should be able to just connect with them, set an appointment, designate a, you know an area to speak to them at, and go in and out of various meetings with them and into other parts of the conferences and where other speakers are seeing and, and kind of bounce around uh, just by moving your avatar through this office building kind of layout that they have on, uh, you know, that on the interface that you'll be using. So it, it, it's supposed to be very intuitive and very user friendly. Um, I'm trusting that, that, that that's the case. Uh, so I don't want to over pitch or oversell how awesome the platform is. I can just say from the, the experience that I have of reviewing that platform and, and seeing how it's supposed to work it seemed pretty cool and, and, and sure it's going to have, there's going to be a couple of hiccups. There's always a couple. I hiccups, mean, right? this is, this is all relatively <laughs> new and people have to be yeah. accepting of it and just be thankful that people like Kim and all the other folks that we have talked to who work in the organization have come up with creative solutions to still make sure that we're staying connected and that we're working on, on building a better industry and making, you know, better careers for people, yeah. which is, which is huge. So um, if you'd like to get in touch with Kim, you can reach Kim at affordablecasagroup at gmail.com. And Kim's website is affordablecasa.com. Uh, Kim, thank you so much for being with us today. It was, it was so awesome to have you. Loved hearing your perspective. Um, it was really interesting. Thank you. And if anyone wants to sign up for Seco. Um, $50 off VIP access ends today. And just in case you're wondering, 
all of the sessions are being recorded, so you can listen to them after the after the actual event. That, nice. That's incredible. Nice. And you can get a and, whole... And where can yeah. people go for SECO, Kim? Can you, can you give us where they can go to sign up? Yes, you can register online at secoconference.com. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. that's that's very critical information. Thank you, Glenn. I, I forgot to ask <laughs> where to sign up. Um, uh, Glenn, if people want to get in touch with you, they can email you at gesterson at themhpexpert.com. You can also visit Glenn's website at the MH, or sorry, themhpexpert.com and make sure you go to Amazon and get Glenn's book, The Mobile Home Park Manifesto. If you haven't read it, it's a really great uh, book. I have a sign copy next to my bed that I look at every night. So Glenn, thank you for your time today, man. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. One thing on the book, guys, uh, it's official. We are going to give out um, a a code for our, for our book, for people who've signed up for Seco as part of the swag. And there'll be uh, a code that you'll, You'll get. You have to sign up for the code. It's just—it's stupid how this how you have to go around your elbow to get you know to your butt. But at the same time, we're going to be giving you a uh, a postcard with a URL on it, and that URL you go to, it will give you a code to use to get a free copy of my book off of Amazon. And I believe we're going to be having that promotion run right after Seco ends. So you, you can have time to digest everything from Seco and get back, you know, back to your normal living schedule. And, uh, you know, if, if you if you want to get a free book, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to, to to share it with you guys. Um, if you don't like it, I normally I would say I, I'd refund your money. But if it's free, I don't know if I'll be able to refund your money. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn, it is an amazing book. Uh, and, and whether you're new to the game or you've been in it in a while, I highly recommend it. I, I really enjoyed it. It's it's a in a world full of people doing the wrong thing. It's nice to hear somebody preaching the right thing. So, Glenn, thank you for it your contribution. A it's a it's a good read. It's a good read. Oh, you read it too, Kim? Thank you. I did. I oh, did. that's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Glenn, it's great, man. You did such a cool thing by giving that to everybody. So, hey, everybody, thank you so much. We hope to see you at SECO if we don't talk to you before then. On behalf of the Mobile Home Park Expert Podcast, I'm Jason Sorotin, and we will see you next time.